Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.35 in Edmonton. Quickly into our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, this text comes in out of Edmonton. Well done on the intro music today. It was Talking Heads with Psycho Killer. We asked uh, because Brendan Escott mentioned that he was watching a, a retro uh, WrestleMania. If you still watch wrestling, this texter says, I'm 51, still watch Long Live Ed Whalen, who, of course, used to host uh, Stampede Wrestling back in the days with great terms like a malfunction at the junction. I only watched occasionally in the late 90s, says another texter. I'm less than 35 years old, and I no longer watch wrestling now and uh, a couple more coming in here i do watch wrestling from time to time i'm 48 i don't like to watch wrestlemania every year though i haven't followed it throughout the course of the year uh and the big l the big l says uh bob i'm 36 i watched wrestling until i was around eight and then i realized it was fake and i haven't watched it since oh and our uh Fear the Fin fan. And did, did you mention this in NHL today, Brendan, about the fact that local product Brinson uh, Pashnuk uh, has uh, signed with the uh, San Jose Sharks? Did we get that uh, today? I had not given the hat tip there, no. All right, well, there you have it. Apparently, it's done. All right, let's bring aboard uh, Mark Spector, Stafford Spector for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Oh, Mr. Spector, uh, just uh, here we go. Let's. Uh, Let's get right to it, because I know you're a huge fan of this stuff. You still watch wrestling, don't you? Do not watch wrestling, Bob. Grew up watching Stampede Wrestling like every other kid around here. But uh, you know what? Eventually, I grew out of it. I, I did go to it back when it was WWF. I went to a show when I was like, I don't know, mid-20s and had a blast. It was really, it's like, you know what? Like, there's a lot of bands out there that you wouldn't put on your, your stereo. But if you go see them live, you you go, man, that was a great show. And that's kind of what wrestling was. It was a fun show. But no, I don't watch yeah. wrestling on TV. Do you? No, I haven't watched it for years. But I do yeah. watch, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries. I mean, there was an outstanding documentary done on Andre the Giant uh, yep. last year. I know Jack Michaels uh, steered me in that direction. And, you know, as a big fan of the movie Princess Bride, I, I would suggest that Andre the Giant's one of the greatest character actors of all time. I mean, 
uh, he played Fezzik in that movie, and he was outstanding. So it's a, it's a bit of a cult classic. All right. Uh, well, no one would accuse either you or me of being classics. Uh, before we get to the here and now and the challenges of coronavirus, and uh, Mark, uh, what are you watching here over the course of the last week? Are, are you are you just putzing around the house? What are you doing these days for yourself? Well, I mean, I'm writing by day. But uh, you know what? I I was into Ozark, and then when it stopped at, after two seasons, we were sitting around kind of waiting for the last one to come. So it opened up on Friday night on Netflix. So I've been watching that. Uh, what else? I kind of dipped into this uh, Tiger King thing. It's okay. It's not really doing it for me. But everyone says it's so great. I'll probably make it to the – I think I'm three episodes in here. It's all right. It's kind of getting interesting. Uh, what else? I you know, know what I watched this morning for my morning coffee? I watched, uh, I watched a game from the uh, – the Atlanta Braves and Toronto Blue Jays is a classic World Series game. That was kind of fun to see Dave Winfield and Robbie Alomar and those guys. So I'm doing whatever else to do involved, watching whatever's in front of me. What about you? Yeah, it, you know, it, and it's, I mean, you have to keep updated on coronavirus. And again, 6.30 Chet's got you covered. Updates on the half hours throughout the course of the day. 2 o'clock today, Jalen and I back at it. Uh, Mindhunter. I watched the entire two uh, two seasons of Mindhunter over the course of the last 48 hours. Thought it was outstanding. I'm going to uh, switch to Ozark, Mark, right after today's show. That's what I'm going to do is I'm going to hop so in. It's good. You'll enjoy it. All right. So uh, to, we had Dave Tippett on the show yesterday. Uh, he said something interesting about, you know, getting the opportunity to go on the journey together uh, down the stretch and having that taken away. And, again, all under the auspices, full recognition Look, there's bigger, significant uh, societal challenges out there, Mark. But Dave makes a valid point. There was there was an opportunity here for the Oilers to experience something, uh, a stretch run, and unfortunately, by something taken completely out of their control, that's been taken away from them. Well, you learn a lot, right? You learn a lot down the stretch here. You know, I think that after the December that this team had, and then they came back with a outstanding January they played their best hockey of the season and you, they you know they probably learned a lot about themselves that hey you know what we can overcome a bad month of hockey that bad month of hockey used to turn into two months around here uh, and it didn't and you know now you're I think there's six points out of first place so maybe you catch Vegas maybe you don't but you play big games down the stretch and you know this team these players on this team haven't had enough of those they haven't had we always hear from outside the 780 about wasting you know another year of McDavid without making the playoffs and and this that wasn't going to happen this year this was a year when they were all going to get a chance to you know go down the stretch I think they're going to make the playoffs here and play some big playoff games maybe a battle of Alberta which everybody comes out you know a little wiser a little more experienced from and all of that is you just put that in the bank right to have a good team next year and the year after the year after so yeah you know I know it's we all know where this stands in the big scheme of things, but as an organization, they earn the right to to really cash in for some knowledge here, and they're getting robbed of that. There's no question. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined by Mark Spector again. Uh, when we get back up and running, all Specs appearances at that time will be brought to you by the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. When we get back up and running, and Mark, there's absolutely no way. I mean, it's interesting that they're rolling out the players here over the course. Uh, it started Thursday, Friday last week. They had the captains from the Pacific on. Uh, dry settle yesterday. Dave Tippett's doing availability with the rest of the media today at 1 o'clock. Um, so, you know, that's getting done while organizations are having to make uh, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton have already released their plans for 
Uh, they're, you know, they're full-time staff, and there's been some significant cuts and layoffs and that sort of thing. It's pretty interesting in, in terms of the uniqueness and how challenging things are moving forward here and trying to predict if we can even get a playoff startup. Well, I see today Bill Daly pushed it back to April 15th, uh, which doesn't surprise anybody. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I... I uh, <laughs> Just watching, you know, watching what we do watch. I, I'd love to see some hockey. I don't want to be pessimistic, uh, but some stuff's going to happen pretty, have to happen pretty fast here for, you know, there's just so much. There's so much to get done. There's lots of rounds. There's pushing into next year. There's hockey in August. There's a lot more questions right now, Bobby, than answers. And, you know, like look at an organization like the Oilers, right? They can't put on a, a junior game. They can't put on an NHL game. They can't put on a concert. They can't use the practice rink. You know, it's it's it, what happens. They're like every other organization, people get laid off, man. That's a, that's the, the travesty yeah, of the private sector, and even you know the, the city here. people. You know, the the city obviously laid off some employees because, uh, you know, people can't use uh, the the terrific facilities the city has, the rec centers and that sort of thing, and uh, you know, libraries. And, and I mean, it it really has. Spec, there's, there's no other really way to say this. We, we've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. Hopefully, we find a way to control this thing, um, and well, we don't have to experience it again. But we'll probably be better at it the next time it happens, if it does happen. But man, oh man, this has been a different world, hasn't it? Well, sure, and you know, I mean, the, the last comparable would have been, you know, nine eleven, and and that was. That changed, uh, you know, certainly as a traveler, that changed the, that has huge ramifications of how we get around the world now and how we get around even Canada and North America. Like it, you know, everything changed after 9-11. And 9-11 happened in one, you know, in, in, in roughly speaking, one locale, right? It happened in the, in New York and, and around, you know, the Eastern Seaboard. This thing's happening in every little county and every little jurisdiction across the world. So, you know, if that one, and in, in, if 9-11 had ramifications, and it did, uh, this one's going to have, this will change some things. We'll look back in five, six, seven, ten years, and we'll be doing things differently because of this. Well, when you covered the team, uh, you know, when, when you first started, you were on the same flight as the players on commercial flights. And after 9-11, what happened? No more commercial flights. Right. Organizations had to have uh, charter from that point moving favor, uh, forward because... You know, the NHL and, and the other four major professional sports leagues did not want to, or other three major professional sports leagues, did not want to risk uh, commercial flights and, and having their players uh, in a hostage situation. So, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I brought up the situation today, watch, spec, watching what happens to Connor and Leon when we go to the airport, when we fly to the U.S., and how many people come over and want to shake hands and want to do pictures and, you know, and, and if we don't get a short, they'll get a vaccine at some point. I think we both agree on that, but it's not a short-term one. So, you know, how how and and look at are we, are we talking about the conclusion as an example of the, the will this eliminate dressing room interviews moving forward? Will they just close the dressing rooms permanently for players in terms of what we do? Well, that's a, you know, that's a fair question. Um, I can, I, you know, that would be a game changer. You know, that's one thing like people out there, you know, the, 
the it's not the same. It, it, it's like these interviews we're doing where we talked to Leon Drysdale yesterday on the Zoom, and and I think they're doing a Dave Tippett one at, at this afternoon as well. And you know the good journalism that you read out there and the interesting stories that really where we actually learn something about people and i know they're less and less now like we always get accused of asking the same dumb questions and i i you know i catch you out there but this movement away from being able able to actually sit and speak with the player on a human level you know and ask ask six or eight or ten questions in a row with the same player and have his attention right and and not have him up at a podium fielding questions from 25 different people or on some call where there's a mediator asking the questions and bob's question gets asked and then specs and then brendan so the point is you can't follow any theme as a professional interviewer here i'm telling you it's really difficult to to glean a story out of a 20-minute media session where 20 different people ask 20 different questions on 20 different themes. It's like if I gave you 20 different ingredients and said, make dinner, Bob, and none of them had anything to do with each other, except the only common denominator is they're all food. You know, so we're already getting there in the media. If they were to close the dressing rooms, I mean, they can do that if they want. But the ultimate loser will be the fan because uh, it's very, very difficult. It's getting very difficult now to write the things that guys like Cam Cole and Mike Farber used to write or, you know, I used to take a run at years ago. The opportunity is just not there anymore. And if it gets worse than this, uh, I can't imagine how it's going to happen. Oh, it's, it's going to be a major challenge. We're joined by Mark Spector, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Uh, Mark, we do have Gord Wilson coming up. Uh, yeah. A little bit later on, and uh, as you're aware, Gord uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, when Gord makes, and he'll be uh, today's top story brought to you by Gray Rock Exteriors. Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no obligation inspection today. Visit GrayRockExteriors.ca. I mean, this is this is a an interesting situation. I mean, the one thing I, I think it would be fair to say, yes. COVID-19 has touched all over the world, but the hotspots tend to be where there's a higher propensity for international travel, right? Even look at what's occurred here in this Mm -hmm. province between Edmonton and Calgary. Calgary has way more international flights, and they have a way higher percentage of the current cases in this province. And that's, you know, I mean, just watching what's transpiring in New York and the United States, uh, you know, there's... There's thousands of people that came from certain places where the virus was in effect that came into New York in January and February. And, and so, it, uh, man, it, it can change things moving forward on that front as well. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, we, I know that we're, we've spoken before about, you know, in the conversations about trying to uh, play again. And, I mean, that that's, you know, you can only play again until the, the, the most affected city is ready to host a game. And, you know, at this point, who knows, this thing's rolling across the United States at a at an increasingly rapid pace. But, you know, we, we can sort of track how fast it's traveling. What they can't seem to track is how fast it, you know, how fast it disappears at the back end. Right? How long does it hang around after it's gone on to the next town, the next town, the next town? I, I don't know that. The doctors may. It doesn't seem like they do. So, that to me well, is what leaves me the most skeptical, Bob, about playing is, is just because it 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 peaks somewhere that doesn't tell you that it just it doesn't disappear as fast as it showed up, does it? 
No. Uh, and you know what? Uh, let's be honest here. I mean, this started in China. And initially, the World Health Organization put out information to suggest it wasn't transferable. And, uh, and, and the Chinese government, frankly, and we're not talking about Chinese, we're talking about the government, may, uh, was not forthcoming with information. So can we trust the information that's out there right now on websites like worldometers.info? I mean, you got to, you know, China's basically stated for the last two weeks that they've had between 80 to 82,000 cases and roughly, you know, 3,200 to 3,300 deaths. I don't know if you can trust that, and they're probably the country that's dealt with this the most over the course mm -hmm. of the last several months. So that, that makes it very difficult to project even, you know, yep. the United States, by the way, is spec are now up to 180,000 cases. They've had 16,000 yep. more cases today. So uh, we, like, we like to think we can believe the numbers, you know, coming out of a this democratic government like the United States, uh, you certainly don't think you can coming out of a communist government like in China. So that's, again, we're, everyone's like, when can we play? We're going to pull off till April 15th. We don't, to me, the accuracy on this thing just isn't there to be able to, that's the question with no answer. And the, right. the reason is there's, there's no data that we could trust and really figure out what the hell's going on here. Mark, I, I know you got to head off to the tippet thing. Uh, I'm going to I asked Dave yesterday, you know, talked a bit about there is one, okay, and maybe I'm the internal optimist in here, but the one thing I would say is the Edmonton Oilers are probably better poised long-term moving forward just because they've got two of the best young stars in the league. They've got McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, you know, he's leading the league in scoring this year. He's the only player last year with 50 goals and 100 points in the entire NHL. They've got those two guys. They've got some other younger players, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones in defense, Yamamoto up front. Like, Edmonton looks like a team moving forward, regardless of when we come back. And maybe you wouldn't have felt this way a year ago at this time, but because of specifically the growth of Yamamoto, let's, let's, let's go Bear, then Yamamoto and Jones. Maybe you're feeling a little bit different about things moving forward. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really think that there's a good team here right whether it's for this year for the years coming like you know i always say this hockey's not basketball it takes a lot more guys to have a good team but the one thing that still is true in hockey is when there's 40 players you know on the ice every night and when everybody knows that one team has by far the best guy or certainly the best guy uh, it, it means something. Everyone on that other bench looks at them and then every night and says they got the best player on the ice. And quite often, two of them, Bob. Quite often, right. the two best players. And not every night, but a lot of nights. And well, you know, then then you start filling it around with a competent, you know, supported cast and these young guys that are really starting to come out of a farm system that hadn't produced much. There's a ton going on here. It's a good looking team. They got a. They're going to get rid of some bad contracts as we get moving here. And Colin knows what he's doing. He's done a hell of a job this year, and he's only had one kick at the cat. Uh, Dave Tipp is a good, good coach. You know, they finally, I think they finally, Bob, have it figured out here. And I was quite looking forward to seeing what kind of a splash can be made here in the playoffs. Well, and the only, you know, I mean, obviously the Oilers had some momentum. That has been derailed. We'll get through this. Speck, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later in the week. All right, Bobby. That is Mark Specker. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. 
Uh, and Spec is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. We'll take a quick timeout, get to some text when we come back on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Well, speaking of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, at 12.55 in Edmonton, we're going to go into our Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. This text comes in and says, Bob, Ryan Nugent Hopkins constantly is unfairly left out of the conversation on your show. Shame on you. Really? I mean, I pretty much liked Ryan Nugent Hopkins since, well, I know who I wanted the orders to take number one that year was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I think he had, what, 60 points in 63 games heading into, uh, you know, going into the final 11 games of the year before we got the pause. I mean, he was having a good year. And moving forward, the Edmonton Oilers have four stone-cold mortal locks as top four, uh, top six forwards. Two of the guys are two of the five best players in the world, McDavid and Settle. Then you have Nuge, a left-winger slash center, and you have Kyler Yamamoto, who is just under a point per game. So uh, fans should be confident. And you know what? In fairness, if you take a look at Pittsburgh as an example, when they won, they had Pasquale Dupuis and Max Talbot on the wings with Sidney Crosby. So if the Oilers can get any kind of traction here moving forward, and then the wild card in all of this is what happens if there is a uh, amnesty uh, buyout that takes place because the business is not going to be what the business once was. It's going to either theoretically drop the cap or they're going to have to come up with some mechanisms to create some more space to pump some more money into the system when we come back, whenever that is. But I don't think we've been too truant in not mentioning Nugent Hopkins. He's been a pretty critical guy, and he's had, I mean, he was having a wonderful, uh, once he got over his wrist injury, remember, he only had 20 points in his first 35 games this season. He was going pretty good. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back at 105 today, Gord Wilson is the longtime Ottawa Senators radio broadcaster. He also uh, tested positive for COVID-19. We'll hear his story when we come back in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.